Welcome to Trope Life TV, where we feature the world's most extreme athletes. This week, given the controversial results of the presidential election, we are featuring Marcus Evans, the vice president of the Yes California Independence Campaign, who is proposing a proposition on whether California should secede from the nation. Now, I know many of you are wondering, why am I doing a podcast on California seceding from the nation? My answer is simple. If companies like Triple Act TV, who embraces the belief that we are all created equal, regardless of our race, color, or religious belief, refuses to take a stance, then who's going to? Do you think Donald Trump or Mike Pence gives a rat ass about you or California for that matter? As an extreme athlete who's climbed many of the world's tallest buildings, including the Sears Tower and the John Hancock Center in Chicago, the CN Tower in Toronto, the Renaissance Center in Dallas, Texas, the Millennium Tower in San Francisco, and the World Trade Center in New York City, just to name a few. And as an advocate of the people for the last 30 years protesting against the Vietnam and Iraq wars, I feel it's my moral obligation and duty to tackle these challenges head on. Like most of you, I'm horrified by the thought of Donald Trump being in the White House, tweeting as the KKK and the neo-Nazis parade in his name. As Dan Rather said, now is a time when none of us can afford to remain seated or silent. It is time for Americans to take sides, to decide whether we want to be on the side of neo-Nazis or on the side of democracy. And I couldn't agree more. The question we are all facing is this, are we going to remain silent and allow racism and bigotry to be carried out in America's name? Or are we going to resist and demonstrate to the world that we will not tolerate this kind of behavior? That's the real question. When you look back over the history of time, it's always been California that has led the way. Whether it's been staging massive demonstrations against the Vietnam or the Iraq War, or fighting for human rights and civil liberties or the environment. And we're doing it again now. On this time, I believe we need to take more drastic measures. It is time for California to secede from the nation. As a sixth leading economic power in the world, not only can California survive without being tied to the purse strings of America, it has the potential of thriving more than it's ever thrived before and be in a position as an independent country to apply political pressure on the powers in Washington, D.C. Now, before you pass judgment and say this will never happen, ask yourself, did you ever think we'd live to see a day when the reincarnation of Adolf Hitler would be in the White House? I certainly did. And if you're thinking we'll just vote him out of power in four years or that we'll impeach him, Think again. With the Republicans controlling both the House and the Senate, there's a good chance they will still be in power eight years from now, and possibly longer because of the way they're redistricting the Electoral College. Which is why I'm proud to introduce Marcus Evans, a man that is offering some thoughtful solutions to the problems we are facing today. Marcus, welcome to the show. We couldn't be more excited to have this conversation. Hey, Mark. Hey, Marcus, this is Dan Goodwin with Triple Black TV giving you a call. How are you? Oh, Dan, hey, with Triple Black Television, uh, yep. Mixed Martial Arts News. <laughs> How are you? Very good, sir. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. Thank you for agreeing to do this uh, interview with us. We just have a few questions for you because we have so many people that are just asking similar questions, actually, and uh, they want to know. What is going on? What is this referendum all about? Well, you know, first, I want to apologize for not getting back to you sooner. Uh, it has been just incredible. And 
we are doing the best that we can to be as responsive as we possibly can. And I should have been more responsive sooner, and I'm sorry about that. Um, no worries, man. I mean, I think the whole country is in shock right now and realize that Hillary Clinton's got nearly 2 million more popular votes than Trump. Many people in California feel like our votes weren't even counted or didn't matter. Well, so we all, they're we all right. Get it. They're, let's start with that. Um, California has not determined an American presidential election since 1879. And all of the talk about get out there and vote had the electoral college votes in California already locked up, so it really didn't matter if a lot of Californians voted or not. Uh, votes were going to go to her, and they were already announcing that Trump was going to win before they even counted the California votes. So this sentiment that a lot of your viewers have, they're smart people and they're correct. Regardless of what the experts are saying, they know something's wrong. The, the fact is that California is just a take-it-for-granted state. They don't spend any time campaigning here. Um, Hillary Clinton, according to two different magazines, I think it was Washington Post and Huffington Post, which were Clinton-supporting magazines, were talking about how it's unfortunate that she had to spend time in California campaigning. And the only reason that she did was because Bernie Sanders was doing well. At the same time, she took one-fourth of all of her contributions out of California. What, what does that say? Give me all your money, but my God, I am too busy to spend any time with you at all. And that's the good candidate who's not the racist, misogynist, sexist, anti-homophobe, anti-Muslim, anti-Mexican candidate. That's, that's America for you. And in a nutshell, our campaign, we have been saying that America's failing and it's falling down. Well, here's your proof. California should be the place that is uh, courted and has a lot of campaigns and a lot of attention, and it gets nothing. It gets nothing from Clinton. It gets nothing from Trump. It hates Trump, but it didn't exactly love Clinton either. She didn't want to spend any time here. She only did because Bernie's here, but she has no problem taking any money. Same thing with uh, President Obama. He was a great president in comparison to the options that we have now, but he primarily used California as an HTM. And in comparison to the amount of money he took out, he didn't actually give us a whole lot. And so, yes, California is saying, what is it that we get out of this relationship? How does this work for us? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> how, how does it work for us? And, and if we were able to get this from her in the past, how would it work? Would we literally succeed from the nation like Britain did with the euro? Um, long story short, yes. Now, we are, we're not under the illusion that you make a vote and that you automatically succeed. It doesn't work that way. We've never said that. Um, and we understand it's a lot more complex. Our, our understanding, though, is looking at the world, you look at Scotland and you look at England with Brexit, and you look at Catalonia, and you look at Greenland, there's a lot of places around the world where modern countries are able to legally, using the system and in a peaceful manner with not encouraging violence at all, secede and break mm -hmm. off. And, you know, while in Latin America or Africa or Central Asia you may have violent revolutions, 
there seems to be some window for modern countries to have a debate and a vote and negotiate towards independence. And we're saying, well, if it's reasonable for Scotland and England and Catalonia and New Caledonia and Greenland and a variety of other places, why can't the world's fifth or sixth largest economy at least have this conversation? Exactly. Uh, but to get to the mechanics, um, you know, there's a lot of debate on how you would do it. We have at least five different ways uh, that we think it's legally possible, and I can cover those. But you can't do anything unless you have something saying that the people want this. Uh, so you have to have a vote, a poll, something showing. And yes, California said, well, let's have, um, in California, we have direct democracy where you can propose laws from the public directly. And the idea is really simple. And 2018 will collect signatures. If you get about 475,000 signatures within a five-month window um, in California, you, you can propose a law. And then the voters can vote on it. We want to get the signatures in 2018, and then we want to have a vote in 2019. And it'd be real simple, like one sentence. Do you think California should pursue independence or uh, California should be its own nation? We think if 60% of Californians say yes, then it's a new game. It's a new level. And frankly... Mm -hmm. No one, I don't care what constitutional professor or uh, somebody who's worked in D.C. for years, nobody knows what happens then. Um, we have ideas, but this has literally never been done before. Um, CNN came out with an article recently where they said basically what we've always thought. No one tells the world's fifth largest economy what they're going to do. You get 60% of the people here to say, peacefully, legally, through negotiation, over time, we want to become independent, it's, it's basically going to happen. Uh, first step is to get that vote so that we can say Californians want this and nobody can disagree with that. That's, mm -hmm. that's why the referendum has to happen. Well, we've been doing our own polling, and we received a, a lot of mixed responses. Um, here are some of the concerns. Even though most sure. are for it, most, most appear to be very much for it, but the word that we've had the same problems that Britain is experiencing at this moment, the plummeting dollar, even though we don't have one at this moment, that's a whole other conversation. Britain's skyrocketing employment, corporations leaving in droves. How do we prevent that from happening to California if we get this referendum passed? Great question, great question. So, a um, couple parts to that. One is that um, people are looking at Brexit and they're looking at uh, shock to the stock market and uh, a falling uh, pound price. And part of the reason is that England was basically saying that they're not sure if they like immigrants and they're not sure if they like trade deals and belonging to trade organizations. And in California... Our reason for being independent is 180 degrees, not that at all. We're saying that, in fact, we want to be 
more open and have control over immigration because we don't think that America's willing to take it seriously since they've never done immigration reform in about 30 years, whereas we in California have uh, millions of people who are Asian or Latino and are undocumented. This is a critical situation that we need to handle, and I just don't think we should wait another 30 years, and I don't believe people saying it's going to happen. So California wants to be able to be more open to immigration in a responsible manner, and we want to be able to do more trade deals. The fact is that usually when California has a trade deal lined up with a foreign country who's ready to buy goods that California makes, the federal government gets in the way for about 10 years on average. Uh, Schwarzenegger went... Uh, Governor Schwarzenegger went to Asia uh, when Republican President George W. Bush was president. And he said, would you please approve these trade deals? Well, the Republican president of America sat on them for a couple of years. Then the Democratic president of America comes on board and Schwarzenegger says, would you please approve these trade deals? He, too, sat on them for a couple of years. So, in fact, California is losing business and not mm -hmm. able to support corporations and not able to grow jobs uh, because it, it basically works like this. The average American state is about 10% connected to the international economy. In California, it's 40%. We are an international economy. And yet, every time I want to sell apples to China or technology products to another country, it's going to wait, wait a decade so that people who aren't as interested in the foreign world can think about this and get back to you in about 10 years. That is crushing for California businesses. It's horrible. So independence actually will grow corporations, grow businesses, and grow international trade. And uh, we secondly, won't have to give them our taxes. <laughs> well, that's the other half is, is let's yeah. talk about that. Um, businesses go, how would this be good for business? Well, businesses don't like two things. One, high taxes and high regulation. What if I told you I could get rid of 50% of your regulation overnight? Would you agree that's good for business? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what independence promises you. We wouldn't do federal regulations. Uh, in California, we love regulation, and that is a problem. But if we were independent, it's an opportunity. Uh, there really isn't anything that the federal government does that we don't have a California office that does the same thing. Uh, OSHA and CalOSHA. Each business has to do safety regulations for CalOSHA, and then they have to do it for OSHA. And then they have to do the EPA, and then they have to do the Cal EPA. We think businesses would love not having to do half of the bureaucracy, and that would definitely grow business and encourage businesses to come to California and stay in California. So that's the second reason. Uh, another reason is that I know people don't want to hear this. I get it. But this is a fact. America ruined its international reputation with the Iraq War, and the current president has not fixed it. You have allies, nations, allies, where the majority of their people do not trust America. Turkey, Germany, France, Japan. That's bad news. Really bad.
California's uh, primary economic driver, the thing that's gotten us at least so far out of the recession as we can, is technology products. Um, last year, I think we lost about $3 billion, billion, because foreign companies and people will not buy our technology products because we're associated with America, and they think mm-hmm. they're going to get spied on. So mm-hmm. independence would allow us to sell more technology products. It would allow us to sell international products faster. It would eliminate bureaucracy. And when we're not a donor state and we don't have to pay 16 to $32 billion in federal income taxes that both the individuals and the corporations in California have to pay and get nothing for, we can actually lower taxes. And when you combine those four things together, um, there is no way that you can interpret that as anything other than a gigantic uh, boost for business in California. I can definitely see that. Yeah, here's the, here's one other concern that we heard the most. Oh, Yeah. What do you say to our neighboring states like Washington and Oregon, the Upper Northeast, and Colorado? Aren't we abandoning them and leaving them at the mercy of Trump by exiting the union? I just was talking to somebody in Sacramento who um, he wants to join. And he's worked in uh, press relations for a long time. A lot of highly skilled people have wanted to join in the last couple of days, so we're thinking we're going to grow big over the next mm-hmm. couple of months. But that was his concern. He's like, I'm ready to join. I understand California could be independent. I get it. I'm here. But I have family that lives in, you know, Scranton, Pennsylvania, or Wilmington, Delaware. Am I telling them that? You know, they're going to get screwed, and um, I'll be honest, that's a tough question. Um, Could we combine Washington and Oregon and make the entire West Coast all exit at the same time? You know, a lot of people have suggested that, and we're very open to that idea. Um, We're very open because if you have three states trying to pursue uh, secession, it gives you a little bit stronger weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the caveat is, and I'm not saying or suggesting an answer. I'm just saying we have heard that. We're open to that. Um, what we want is the people who are in yes, California to make a decision. Do you think it would be better to join with three other sta- with two other states that you have more states pursuing secession and that gives you greater legal weight? Or can you really get three places with three separate identities to form a new nation? Um, Oregonians have never thought of themselves as Californians. And I remember stories as a boy of Californians moving to Oregon and then telling us to get the hell back to California. Can we actually culturally bridge these three people together? I don't know. Maybe we can. But that's going to be a question. Uh, which which is which is more valuable, the legal weight or the weight of a cohesive identity moving forward to form a nation? I don't know. I don't I don't know the answer to that one. But those will be two issues that uh, the people who are in California and and are part of this discussion are going to have to make a decision on. Exactly. 
What, do you think we'd end up with our own military? Because I think well, a lot of people are concerned that Trump would pull a Putin on us and place California under martial law. Well, okay. So I would encourage everybody to read the CNN article that came out where they said it's basically silly um, to assume that America would roll in with tanks and crush Californians. Um, the impact to America's world image and then its foreign direct trade flow would be instantaneous. Um, imagine the UN for the first time ever in its history uh, embargoing America. That's what would happen. Imagine mm -hmm. where every nation of the planet is just horrified uh, at America. That's what would happen. So We would probably get other countries like Canada and, and God knows who to step in on our behalf to help us. I just, I mean, just, I don't, first, Californians are hippies. Uh, we're, we're hippies. I live in the conservative part of California, Fresno, and people have their guns, and they're very proud of that, and I, I get it. I don't necessarily share all the opinions, but I get it. However, that's 10% of the California population. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a bunch of hippies, the people who suck a flower in the barrel of a gun. They're not going <laughs> to fight. We just want to have fun. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. You, you piss off Californians, they'll take you to the streets and they'll shut down the entire freeway system. Oh, yeah. They'll shut down a regional as, as, economy. As we're, as we're witnessing. Yeah, exactly. Um, 2005 or 2003 in October... Uh, Californians uh, had two-thirds of all the protests against the Iraq War. Uh, what I find exemplary is that, and this is my high point, there was a protest in San Francisco. They blocked traffic into San Francisco on a weekday for one day. Just one day. Just San Francisco. The world stock markets started shaking. And foreign heads of state started calling George W. Bush and telling him, you get this the hell under control now. One day of Californians shutting down a major city. Imagine if everybody in California just took the day off from work for one day. The world's fifth largest economy, everybody just doesn't go to work for one day. And you'll see how quickly people are going to be on their knees begging for a nice relationship with us. Mm -hmm. That's that's real power. That I have power. I have family that's been in the army and the Air National Guard and the Air Force and the Marines and the Navy and a grandfather who was in the Pacific fighting the Japanese, and I respect their service. But this concept that countries invade other internationally interconnected economically growth. Uh, countries is, is a fallacy. Um, the Ukraine was invaded because it wasn't internationally connected to anybody. It didn't have any treaties. It didn't have any trade deals. Iraq had been embargoed for 20 years, so it was easy to invade. Afghanistan was a failed state, so it could be invaded. Syria was basically cut off economically before it was invaded. Look at all the recent wars. They aren't mm -hmm. invading countries that are economically connected. It just does not happen anymore. So this idea of tanks and they're going to roll through, 
you would shut down the economy in California for a month or two, that would destroy the American economy. Oh, you, simply, you, you can't blow away people that you have invested trillions of dollars into. You just cannot. Mm-hmm. So I respect people's opinions. I respect military service. It still has a role. But this is a silly concept that tanks are going to roll through and they're going to gun down people and institute martial law. They will collapse America's economy instantly by doing that. And say what you will about Trump. I don't like the man, but he is a businessman. And he does understand international economics, especially when you look at what he talked about. And he was, I'll give him this. Again, I don't like him. He was correct on talking about how America has uh, trade imbalances in its deals with Asia and that no one in America, and that includes W. Bush and Barack Obama, ever calls the Chinese or even the Japanese out on currency manipulation. He understands money. He understands the economy. He's not going to crush the American economy in a fit of rage. Uh, I understand he's irrational and a little bit crazy in my opinion, but <laughs> he's also... I'm I'm trying to be as impartial as I can. I'm I, I know you are. It's, it's I got family that's terrified. I had a two-hour conversation with my mom, who's full blood Mexican, and it's I'm I'm doing my best to not be emotionally charged and try to be called at this moment. So, Ron, I, we really we really appreciate it. So are we. We're just trying to get some of the basic information out there, express some of the concerns, and your answers have been fantastic. We really, really, we could go on and on and on. And we just want to thank you for your time. And um, most importantly, um, beyond thanking you um, for doing all this and organizing this, because I can only imagine how much energy it must take to do this. Thank you on behalf of California for doing this. Um, how can our list? How can our listeners get involved? Well, um, number one, go to the Facebook page. I know that sounds extremely like what everybody's saying, but it's true. Uh, as our president Louis Marinelli says, this the age of the Federalist Papers are over. People aren't going to read essays and debate. Go to social media. Go to the Twitter. Go to the Facebook. Like the page. Get involved in the discussion. You can also go to the website. We have a page for volunteering, and you can literally, I want to volunteer, and it gives you like a bunch of options on what you'd like to do. You put your email in. When you give us your email, we can now start communicating regularly with you, and we've been using that as the primary pipeline for um, activity. Um, But the other thing is I always encourage people, check out our book, Cal Exit. If you go to the website, Guess California, at the very top there's a button and you can download the book. We we designed that book so that anyone can read it, anyone. And in about a two hours of reading, you'll understand 80% of why we think this is a good idea. And you will be very close to however informed we are. Just that one book. Mm-hmm. Read the book. Um, grow to Facebook and comment and like it. The, the thing is that 
when we told people that we had 2,000 people on Facebook, the media was like, yeah, okay. When we told them we passed 10,000, some of them started taking our interviews. When we said we approached 30,000, we had politicians calling us and saying, hey, let's talk. Facebook is, and I'm not saying they do everything great and right or I'm endorsing it, but it is an indication of support. And thinkers, the people in power, the 1%, the elected leaders will take this movement more seriously the more visible support that they can see. And I, I can't, I just, I, I know it sounds silly, but uh, that is the way the game is played. I couldn't agree more. And thank you for sharing all that. We will make sure this gets out. We'll send you a link to it. Um, if there's anything that comes up, uh, you got my contact. Please let us know. We'll get the word out. If there's a demonstration or something that you need uh, people, let us know. Please. I just, um, if you have any more questions, I'm certainly willing to take them. I, I would like to um, make sure to make one statement. And I know that it seems almost impossible. I know that people hear this and they're like, that can't happen. There is a legal route to do this. It's through consent of the states. And we think that when Californians try, that we can make this happen. And, and I point out to people that improbable is not the same as can't happen. And nearly impossible is not impossible. It's going to be tough. And it's going to be hard, and the chances are slim. But do you really want to live with Trump for eight more years? I think the answer is loud and clear. They don't even want to see him get into office now. And they're desperately wondering, how can we stop him from getting into the White House? Never mind exiting the nation. And uh, But if that's what it comes to, I think a lot of people will get behind this. I was in the protest in L.A. Uh, yesterday, and big protest, and they were very Californian, peaceful, uh, but angry. Made it very clear that they were angry, but they were peaceful. The protests in California against the Iraq war were larger. They just were. I'm not saying that's an indication of how much Californians hate Trump. I'm just pointing out that a couple of years ago, Californians hated another elected American president who did horrible things. And they said, we can't live with them. And now here's it a second time. And so what I want to point out is, if you want to do this a third time, a fourth time, I mean, how many times is it going to take before Californians realize that America has a very different idea of what's acceptable and, and, and who can lead than what Californians would do. George W. Bush never would have been a candidate in California. Donald Trump never would have been a candidate in California. How many examples and how many times do you need to be so pissed off and terrified before you get that these people who are Americans, we are not culturally the same. Now, we can be friends and partners and have marriages and trade, but... They're about as similar to us as Canadians. Great people, 
but a different culture. Well, thank you again. Really okay. appreciate uh, your time, Marcus. We really do. And uh, we wish you all the best of luck. Um, we will definitely check in from time to time. Uh, we'll be on Facebook, we'll Twitter, the whole nine yards, and uh, follow you and, and uh, repost as much as possible. So, thanks. Yeah, send me the link and we'll post it. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, all, the best, all the best to all of you. <laughs> thanks, Dan. I really appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Wow. That was truly enlightening. Whether you agree or disagree, that was the purpose of this conversation, to discuss the issues that we are facing. As president and CEO of Triple Black TV, I feel it's my moral obligation to share this information so you can make an informed decision on this proposition. And please, don't take it personal if you happen to be in another state or another country. We're just trying to determine a solution for our problems who are facing. And that's what we do in California. We innovate and we create with a dream of making the world a better place. As a startup company in Silicon Valley, we're encouraging you to join us. Together, we can create a community of like-minded people who believe that all people should be treated equally and that our environment should be protected and preserved for generations to come. If you believe the same and you're into extreme sports, please invite your friends to like our page. We'll appreciate it more than you know. Until next week, my friends, this is Dan Goodwin with Black TV, the leader in extreme sports and innovative thinkers like Marcus Evans.